Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Welcome. To this, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. Thank you for taking time to gather with us this morning. Welcome to the First Baptist Tryon family. Meeting in our homes. Spread out all over the place. I hope that you had a good 4th of July. I was grateful to be able to celebrate Spend some time with family. I know it's not quite the normal 4th of July, but we had good food and we were together and we're all in good health right now. And for all those things, we are really grateful. We're always grateful for the freedom to worship, to follow the mandates of our heart, the dictates of our conscience. It's good to be able to do that. And we are grateful. So the scripture text this morning comes from Matthew's Gospel. Hear these words. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. All you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When Jesus compares this generation 
to children sitting in the marketplace, it isn't a compliment. I just want to be clear about that. I mean, we are told that you have to become like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and even in this text, he talks about that God has been revealed to the infants and not the, the wise or the intelligent. But, but in this case right here, in this particular point, it, it is not a compliment to be compared to children at the beginning of this text. It's derogatory. <laughs> Look at these kids! <laughs> And, and there's this interesting juxtaposition between John the baptizer and Jesus. We played the lute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. You see, John, he came neither eating nor drinking. And they said of him, he has a demon. And Jesus, well, he comes eating and drinking. And they say he's a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You just can't win with these folks. I mean, there's this really stark contrast between John and Jesus. And apparently neither one is uh, what they're looking for. John is this bug-eating, wild man of a prophet. And Jesus, on at least one occasion invoked the power of God at some wild wedding where they ran out of wine. In John's preaching, he offers one of the favorite line of all preachers. He calls out to his congregation and he says, You brood of vipers! And every preacher at some point in their life, has wanted to use that on a Sunday morning. You brood of vipers! And then here's Jesus starting his most prolific sermon, the one we call the Sermon on the Mount, and he starts it with a litany of blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, etc. He just goes on with all these blessings. And here's John, brood of vipers. I mean, <laughs> they are so different. They're so different, in fact, that John, just a few verses prior to our reading this morning, John is a little confused. He's in jail for one thing, and, and he's not sure about Jesus. He's like, I don't know. This is not what I had in mind <laughs> when I was telling everyone to prepare the way to get ready for this Messiah. This doesn't look like the Messiah that I was expecting. Jesus did not meet John's expectations. And apparently this is hardwired into our nature <laughs> that our expectations are so often unmet. You see, John was too harsh and stuffy, and Jesus was too strange and loose. And, and so many of this good church-going crowd didn't really care for either of them. I mean, they couldn't win. They couldn't win. And they were so critical of both of them. 
you, you know, we joke from time to time about folks who are really critical of people. And we say, you know, they'd be critical of the Lord himself. If Jesus showed up in the flesh, they'd be critical. Well, that's, that's what happened. These folks were, like most of them, the majority of them. They were that critical of God in the flesh. Didn't live up to my standards. <laughs> and when I read this text, this opening, I think, wow, there really is nothing new under the sun. <laughs> I have a teenage daughter at home, so I know what it is like to be on the receiving end of criticism. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is, but, but teenagers just have this unique ability, this gift to critique everything. Now, a little aside, I did tell her I was going to joke about that, and she gave me permission to, so I don't want any of you critiquing me for critiquing her. I had her permission. But the truth is, I do know where this gift comes from. I do know where teenagers pick this up. Well, they learn it from us. That's where they learn it from us. Because we're just like that way too often. And, and even when we don't want to be that way, even when we don't want to be so critical, <laughs> even though at times we thoroughly enjoy it, <laughs> But even when we're like, oh, no, I want to get free of this because it kind of holds us captive. This is how Paul says it in, in the epistle reading for today, for, which is from Romans 7. Paul says, I don't understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want to do, and then I end up doing the very thing that I don't want to do. And that sums up the human condition. I mean, that's how it is with us. Even when we don't want to be those people, those people who are never satisfied, who are too critical, who it doesn't matter what happens, we have a little, well, you know, you could do this and improve that a bit. And, and, and at times we get just sick of that. We don't want to be that way. We don't even enjoy it. And yet we sort of sickly enjoy it. And Jesus offers us a better way. Jesus offers us a way to be freed from this discontent. He says, look, come over here, all of you who are weary and who are carrying heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. I'll free you from all that. And, and you can take my yoke upon you and you can learn from me because I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. And you will, if you will live this way, you will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I love that text. Oh, I love that text. But it, Begs the question, hey, Jesus, wait a minute. What do you mean? <laughs> really? Your yoke is easy? Your burden is light? Listen, you, you warn us about 
how we must lose our life in order to find it. And then just a bit ago, you were warning us that you were sending us out like sheep among the wolves. That doesn't sound easy or like Jesus. Jesus, you are confusing us, which apparently you have a gift for. You confuse us sometimes. We're not sure what to do. Jesus loves paradox just way too much. And it is a bit of a paradox. The way of Jesus is hard. It's really hard. And yet, this is how God has created us to live. God intends us to live in these ways. And so when we live in these ways, we find better life. We find new life. Even if it is hard and tiring. I remember hearing about this youth group who had returned from a hard week. They had been in West Virginia. The place they were working there in the mountains had been flooded. And they spent most of the week kind of mucking out or mudding out, whatever they call it. Houses, I guess it's mudding out getting rid of all that mud, just dirty, nasty. It was in the summer and it was actually hot. And they rolled back into the church parking lot and they were absolutely exhausted. And these kids were, well, they had a lot of advantages. They were rather affluent and they basically only did whatever they wanted to do. And this had been a very different week for them. And they were so tired. And one of those youth, he said, I have never been this tired before in my life. And this is the best tired I've ever been. Because you see, for at least a week, the yoke of Jesus had shown these students a different way of living and being a less selfish way, a more gracious way. And I don't know about you, but I long for that way. I'm tired. We live in this culture that is so nasty and divided. We, 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 these culture wars, that's, that's the name of this whole thing. And, and we just constantly rip each other apart. And it's the same old arguments over and over again. And the, the arguments themselves are tired. They've been offered way too many times. And it, it just has a way of wearing us down. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't some things that are worth fighting for. There are. But, but you see, the church has to do it differently. Because the mission of the church is not to get people with these gotcha moments, right? The mission of the church is not to just wear people out by arguments, often ad hominem arguments. Where you just beat people down. No. You see, the church has to maintain room for God's mercy and God's grace. 
to do its work. Lest we become the very thing that we battle against. And and I don't know. I, you probably I know you don't want to hear it because I'm tired of it too. But like I think to myself, for heaven's sake, we are living in the midst of a pandemic. And we have turned the issue of wearing a mask in public into a culture war issue. <laughs> I can't, I think all I can do is laugh at that. I'm like, dear Lord, what lunacy is that? How could we do that? <laughs> oh, and yet we've turned it into another culture war battle. Because that's what we do. <laughs> And yet we are called to be different kind of people. We are called to love our neighbors, not just to love ourselves. We're called to be free from self. And Jesus offers us this different way that, that, that frees us. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And the burden is light because we are yoked to Jesus. I would think that Jesus would be at the plow, right? Running the plow and a couple of us yoked together. Jesus yokes himself to us. And that's why we can do this work. That's why we can be the church. And surely that is the relief that we need. I mean, we need some good news in the midst of this, right? Don't you need some good news? I need some good news. Jesus is yoked with us. Will not abandon us. Surely, surely, that is truly rest for our souls. Amen. So may you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, the very one who yokes himself to us. Children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters. Bound together as brothers and sisters, not as enemies, but as friends. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. And if you do that, you will find rest for your souls. Amen.